0: Jesus commissioned his followers to go and make disciples. He commanded us to love God and love our neighbors. But he also prayed that we would be united by his Spirit as one. So what would happen if the body of Christ began to take each one of these pieces as part of the whole? The Great Commission. The Great Commandment. The Great Collaboration. Let's take a fresh look at the Jesus Mission. and Melody and Nick for leading us in worship this morning sometimes I feel like three people sound like more than three people like I don't know if you've ever noticed that but I felt that way this morning so it was wonderful thank you for leading us in that worship and I want to join with what you probably and so many others have already said today which is it's cold outside in fact I'm going to put on some chapstick right now because it's cold. This is my pumpkin pie chapstick that my mother-in-law gave me yesterday. Because when it gets cold and dry like this, your lips get kind of chapped and you need some chapstick. But as I say that and I join in the cacophony of voices that have spoken to the coldness of today, I want to also acknowledge a harsh truth, and it is that we are wimps. We are wimps! People, it's not that cold. It's not that cold, but we're dying here. My goodness, did you feel that way? Like if, you, if I couldn't get from the car to this building within three seconds, I was going to die. They were just going to have to bury me out in this parking lot. Like, do you feel that way, Brenna? Yeah. See, there you go. I was thinking about the polar bears. They live in the Arctic, and it's cold there every day. And do you hear them complaining? No. They're not wimps. That's it. Okay, what a start. So let's, let's shift gears and talk about today a little bit. And this new, this new theme, this new topic that we're talking about for the next few weeks, I'm delighted to be part of it and share an introduction today to this new series that the pastors have put together and aligned for us to, to share in. For the next few weeks it's gonna it's gonna be very exciting i'm i'm excited to launch it you know the the bible is a wondrous book and whether you read it or you listen to it it, it's amazing and i believe deeply that any person you me anybody could sit down with the bible and read it through and understand it i don't think you have to be a genius to understand the Bible and that's one of the beauties of it is you can sit down with the words of Jesus and read them and learn and grow and that's a tremendous thing about the Bible however one of the things that we can do with the Bible that we probably shouldn't is we can pick out a single verse or a single phrase and build everything around that and ignore what's in other places in the Bible because we happen to like a single phrase, or it resonates with us, or makes us feel good, and we lose track of the bigger picture of what the whole thing is. Now, there's easy examples in the Bible. There's verses in the Old Testament where God tells people to pick up their swords and go in and have a battle and destroy every nation, every person within a nation, kill all the women and children, even the goats and cows, kill them all. Now, if I quoted that verse today and I said, this is it, guys, this is the Bible, right here, this verse, you would immediately say, Brett, that's not true, that's a lie, we're not supposed to go do that today, you would know that was the case. But even when we talk about the things that Jesus said, some of his most famous things, if we don't put them together in context, we don't quite understand the mission that Jesus has called us to. Now, this series has a memory verse. It's a great memory verse. Let's take a minute to share it and say it together. Up on the screen, John 13, verse 35. Let me see. Let me find it. And then let's say it together. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Is that up there? Oh, it's a different translation. We ended up with. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to turn around. I hope I look okay behind. Your love... Let's say it together. Ready? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Okay. That's our memory verse. We're going to keep saying that over and over again. I hope by the time we get through this series, you, you will know that, either in this translation or a different translation. Now, I'm going to be reading from the NIV this morning, Shannon. I don't know if that messes you up with the other scriptures we have, but just wanted to let you know. That's, that's my Bible this morning. Okay. So that's our memory verse. Now, I okay. I want to start, I want to share another verse this morning. Because we're going to read three verses. We're going to focus on three verses this morning that are words of Jesus that are actually pretty famous. You've probably heard them before. Maybe you're hearing them for the first time today, but let's start in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and we're going to read 18, 19, and 20. the age. Now, we have a a title that we have put on these scriptures that we call it. We call it the Great Commission. The Great Commission. That's what the little index in my Bible says. Jesus didn't say, this is the Great Commission, and then say it. We added that just so it would be kind of clear to us. So, when someone says the Great Commission, we know they're talking about Matthew chapter 28 and these verses in it. Now, that word commission That's not a word we use a a bunch. Like, I don't know the last time someone came up to you and said, I got a commission for you, Lucy. Did anyone ever say that to you, Lucy? Did they have a commission? No. No one's ever probably said that to you. What about you, Stella? Has anyone ever said that to you? No, I didn't think so. No one's ever actually said that to me either. And I'm old. Well, I'm older than you. And, and still no one ever says that word. So what does it mean? Well, let's, let's dissect it. I think actually it's a pretty easy word to understand if we dissect it. If we have, we have it up there. So that word commission, young people, if you take that word and you turn it into two words, what are the two words? Commission. What are they if you break it? Commission. Okay, that, that would, yeah, that's an option. Or take out the M in the middle. Take out the second M and what do you have? Right, co, co, C-O, what's that usually mean? Like together. If, if people co-author a book, they do it together. So co, together, and then the second part of it is? Mission. mission. Now I made it easier for you, You're right. That's a problem only giving these talks once. You never know if these things are going to work or not. So it is a mission that we are called to that we do together. It's a mission. Now, we kind of understand that word, mission. When we go to space or when the astronauts went to the moon, That was a mission to the moon. When you are wanting to do something that's really important and really vital, you call it a mission that you're on. So Jesus gave us a mission to go on, not alone, but together. And that mission, these verses say, is to go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It is bringing people to Jesus, showing them the heart of Jesus, showing them what Jesus is all about, and allowing them and inviting them to be embraced in that spirit and that truth of what Jesus is. It really is a beautiful invitation and an invitation that's not just for certain moments where we stand up and talk about scriptures but in every action in every word in every behavior in every interaction with others we have the opportunity to invite them to know and be in relationship with jesus but it's challenging if you take this scripture all by itself Because what you could very easily do with a mission like this is say, well, this mission is so vital, we have to go to war. We have to go to war for this mission. And so we could take verses also in the Bible that talk about battles, putting on your armor, getting your sword, being a soldier for Jesus, and say, well, you know what that means. Let's put that together. That means people... Christians, let's go to war. This is mixed martial arts. That's what they say before every MMA fight. Let's go to war. It's time. And let's punch some people in the face for Jesus. <laughs> that misses the point of the mission. But do you know how easy, can you feel in your heart how easy it is to start to slide to that over time? It seems silly when we say it. We're not going to punch people in the face for Jesus. But sometimes in our spirit, I feel like punching people in the face in the name of Jesus. Some of them need it. Well, to go that way, though, misses the greater context of what Jesus is trying to send us on with this mission. Because let's read another great passage Some more great words of Jesus in, let's see, Mark. The next book, we go Matthew, then we go Mark. The next book in Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them of all the commandments, he asked Jesus, this is the question they pose to Jesus. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel. This is him quoting a verse from the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and with all your strength. The second, Second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Two commandments here, but we actually, it's in my Bible, subtitled, maybe in yours, maybe you've heard it this way, the greatest commandment. Because at the heart of this, even though it's kind of two commandments, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself there's still one word in both of those that kind of supersedes the whole thing. And that word is love. Greatest commandment is love. So the Great Commission is to go. Go out. Bring people. Show them Jesus. Share them. Share Jesus with them. But do it in a spirit and with a heart of love. Of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter all about love, says if you accomplish everything, if you do all these good things, if you have all these gifts, if you are wonderful and incredible, you accomplish every mission, and everyone says, look at you and how amazing you are. But you did it without love? It was meaningless. It was worthless. You might as well not have done it. In fact, you probably hurt the mission of Jesus in the world more than you helped it. Because if you accomplished all those things, but you did it without love, then you did it without Jesus. You did it without Jesus. And if you do it without Jesus, it's not worth doing. It's not worth doing. And within the spirit of every word and action motivated by the heart of Jesus, there must be love. There must be love. And it's so interesting how this goes because it fits into some of the things we've been talking about. About that, first, we vision up, we live vertically. Not just horizontally, but we live vertically. Visioning up and worshiping God and loving God. And from that flows our vision out, flows that horizontal love, which is always in connection with each other. To live in harmony with God is to live in harmony with love. But wait, there's more. In John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. This is a prayer that Jesus gives right before he's about to die. Now, you know, you may have heard this before, that like when people are on their deathbed, like like if somebody's going to pass away, like their last words are really important really special. Sometimes people that have been famous over the years, they're, they're, they're quoted on what their final words were. Because this is it, like after the whole story of their life is over, this is the final moment. What is their last word? Well, this chapter logs some of the final words of Jesus. What was on his mind and on his heart in his final moments, this prayer to God. Here's what he says, You were on his mind. He was actually, before he died, thinking about you. He was thinking about us. He was actually thinking about this moment in our history, in our country, in the world. And here's what he said about it. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone, not just the people that are living right then, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Unity. Unity. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment, the Great Collaboration. The Great Collaboration. Together. Truly together. Truly together. And it must be together. Because even in this verse, what is the point of the unity? What is the point of the togetherness? Jesus says it twice in these verses. The whole reason why it is necessary that unity must be the source of this mission and this love. He says, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let them be one so that the world will know without question that this message, that this mission, that this love is from God. And when it comes from a place of unity and collaboration and togetherness, the world will say, only God could have done this. Only God. This is more than what men and women alone can do. This is the presence of God in the midst of this mission, in the midst of this love. I experience it. I can feel it. And so if we accomplish all of the mission, if we check everything off the to-do list that are the commands of Scripture, and yet we do not do it with love, And we do not do it with unity together, we miss the point. We actually missed the mission. Now, what does that mean? Like, how do we do that now? How do we live that tomorrow? In a world where every headline that you read smacks you in the face with anger and disunity, and separation, and war, and battles. At a time when you scroll through your Facebook feed and watch people that you love fight it out to the death in the comments. How do we bring the mission of Jesus into the world right now? From where we sit, from where we are today. A few years ago, Judah and I were at Universal Studios, and we were in the line for the Despicable Me ride. It's a Minions ride. What's it called? Minion Mayhem or something? So we're in this line, and it's one of those lines, like if you've ever been at a theme park on a crowded day, and the lines just rope, like, endlessly, you know, back and forth. And this ride has really long ones. Like, I mean, they go, like, I don't want to exaggerate, but like 10,000 miles long. And they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Well, Judah and I were in like the very middle, the very middle of the middle. So like no escape, you know, like you could be dying and still it would take three years to get out of the, that space in the line. Right behind us in the line, two families started a fight. Two different families. I don't know what they were fighting about. But clearly, one family had bumped another's kid or spilled some water on somebody. I don't know. It was something, you know, major like that. And I mean, it turned into a screaming match. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to, you know, a a theme park on a hot day and it's like 5 p.m., but, you know, anything like that is justified for a full-out war. When you got little kids and they're tired and you're hot and sweaty and you haven't drunk enough water and you've been eating candy all day. And so tempers were high, and it just turned into a full-on screaming match. And I, here we were. Jude and I were trapped. We could not get away. There was nowhere to go. We could not escape the fight. I know why. I'll tell you in a minute why you don't remember this. We could not escape the fight. It was a war we were locked into the middle of. Now, my first instinct was to be like, how do I stop these people from fighting? Is there something I could say? Is there something I could do that would end this battle in the line for the despicable me ride? And I realized within a few seconds, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't stop the shouting. I couldn't get them to be quiet. There was nothing I could have said that probably wouldn't have just made it worse. Because if I'd gotten into it, probably what would have happened is the war would have grown. It would have gotten bigger. It would have gotten more contentious. Now three families would have been involved. Then maybe four. Then maybe five. Maybe the whole line would turn into a riot at Universal Studios. So as I sat there pondering what I could possibly do, I looked down, and the the family that was standing next to us, one of their kids was standing there, like, in shock. Like, just like, had this look on their face like, why is my dad screaming? What's going on right now? Clearly unsettled. And both the mom and the dad had missed it. They hadn't seen it they hadn't noticed what was going on with this kid so I took a knee and I said what's the best ride you rode today and it took a couple of seconds for the air to clear and he said I really liked the mummy and Judah I said come here and Judah took a knee too. And I said, Judah, he doesn't like the mummy. It's too scary. Do you think it's scary? And she said, "Uh, no, I don't think it's that scary. And the two of them then talked for a little while about whether the ride was scary. And then I said, what else did you like today? And she said, well, I, I really liked the Woody Woodpecker roller coaster. And so we talked about that for a little while. And while this group of morons fought it out, We talked about the E.T. ride. And we talked about the Shrek show, which is a terrible show. And we talked about all these different adventures that we had been on throughout the day. And finally, the war stopped. And when the war was over, Judah and I had made a new friend. It may be that you are called with clarity and with purpose and with mission to dive in at a bigger level to all the things that are going on in the world that are so not based on love and unity and positive mission. Maybe you are called to that. But if you're like me and more days than not, you just feel overwhelmed. You just feel like, what what can I possibly do to make a difference here? To be on this mission with Jesus. To bring love. To restore and build unity. Maybe what you need to do is just take a knee. And find someone next to you that needs that love and compassion and kindness and share it. Share it. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me, with me, right here, right now, with me. And if there is peace, nowhere else it will be in me. I will be an ambassador for peace. I will be a light for love. And in the process of that, I will embody the mission of what it truly is to be a follower of Jesus. In big ways and in small ways. Because one of the best scenes at the end of the movie Elf is when the one girl sings. The one girl sings. And then someone else sings. And someone else sings. And then someone else sings, someone else sings, and someone else sings. Till all of the sudden, the dawn breaks and the clouds clear. And in an open space, together, we run. We run. It starts with us right now, today. Right now, today. Friends, this is the mission of Jesus. We were called to it in this moment, and the world needs it from us right now. Not tomorrow. Not when things die down and settle down. Not when things are easier. The world needs the mission, the love, and the collaboration, the togetherness of Jesus right now. And you, you can be an ambassador for it. In big ways and small ways, in little words and little actions, you can bring the Spirit of God into this world and into this society and into your school and your workplace, into your neighborhood and community right now. So, my friends, let's go and let's love and let's do it together. And let's call out to God right now and invite Him and His Spirit to join us in that beautiful mission that we have been given from Him. And let's pray. Our Father, we know that your heart hurts when there is hatred, when there is separation. And that you have given all of your spirit to not only bring us to you, but to bring us to each other. Today we pray that the separation between each one of us would be smaller. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would not just make us one in presence, one in body, but one in spirit, one in heart, one in love, one in passion, and one in mission. That we would, you would open our eyes to collaborations and missions that will bring us together in ways that we have never seen, never imagined. And in the process, as we pursue those collaborations, And we bring each other together, to each other, to your heart. That the world would look and see miracles. Miracles. Things that only you, by your hand and your strength and your power, could do. And that the world would look and with open eyes and open hearts say, I see Jesus. In a way I have never seen him before. And let us be light of your light. Joy of your joy. Love of your joy. Of your love in this world. We need you, Father. The world needs you. In the name of Jesus we pray.